So welcome once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast, and I'm delighted today to be doing another creator interview. So uh, your host is always Alan, owner of Coffee and Heroes in Belfast, uh, just about to be open five years, no less, so things going well there. Joined, of course, Woo-hoo. this evening by Keith, he of the woohoo uh, two seconds ago. But yeah, our guest today needs no introduction to regulars at Coffee and Heroes, you know, whether in store or devoted listeners to the podcast, you know. He helped us grow and establish us as a legitimate force in the comics world by participating in our first ever creator signing back in October 2018, an event that is still talked about in glowing terms to this day. As if that wasn't enough, as a result of the relationship we built, and dare I say it, maybe even friendship, I'll let him answer that, established from that day he did the unthinkable, he drew us into a Batman comic, that's right, Coffin Heroes has a branch in Gotham City. I wonder how many times it's been looted at this point. (laughs) But since then, he's been working away at Batman Catwoman with longtime friend and collaborator Tom Keane, which sees its final issue hit the comic tracks on June the 14th and brings to an end Keane's long run on Batman by finally arriving on what we were promised 50 issues ago, the wedding of the bat and the cat. So it's our pleasure once again to be talking to Clay Mann. How are you keeping, sir? Pretty good. How are you guys? We are keeping well. We are keeping well. Delighted to be talking to you, genuinely. I mean, this is the, the wonder of technology that you're all the way in sunny Florida, five o'clock in the afternoon for you. I'm sitting here with a double-strength espresso coffee, trying to keep myself awake at 10 o'clock because I'm an old man now. But uh, whereas Keith is doing it right, he's a glass of wine in his hand. So, yeah, it's it's been a minute since we last spoke, probably. You know, family, keeping all good? Yeah, yeah, everything's good. How are things in the, in the U.S. for you guys now? I mean, when we last spoke we were sort of hip deep in covid regulations and lockdowns and all sorts is it is it more relaxed now is there an optimism that you're coming out the other side i mean i'm in florida so it's always been relaxed whether (laughs) it should have been or not yeah i mean i've done like two or three things and you know i still wear my mask even though i'm the only one now so i've always sort of been a worry wart about you know germs and all that sort of thing so i'm not really over it yeah, that's it. I mean, it's 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 in a stage now, I think, worldwide, pretty much, where it's it's all about people's different comfort levels. We still have guys come into the store who wear masks. We, you know, we we don't force people to wear masks. We don't ask them not to wear masks, whatever people are, are comfortable doing. You know, we still sanitize loads of surfaces, keep the hand sanitizer there. Just, But, I mean, with our store, it's, you know, we, we moved unit uh, since the signing, and it's it's a unit roughly the same size in the same, same area, but uh you know we've never been a store you know signings and so forth aside that usually has more than eight people in the space anyway so we we've never had to combat it too much which has been a, I, I think a positive but yeah that's it i mean i i like to think i like to be optimistic you know i like to think we are out the other side of it predominantly you know with vaccinations and, and different things as well and you know touch wood myself i i haven't had it to this point uh either but you know, we we got our vaccinations, got our boosters, all that kind of, you know, follow the rules, if you will. So hopefully, as I say, we're, we're coming out the other side of that. But, you know, speaking of optimism for a perfect segue right there, we're now in the uh, the final stretch, the final stretch with Backcap with one last issue due. Are you looking forward to having it all done? Yes, I'm, I'm about over Backcat in, in a good way. I'm ready for its end. I'm ready for people to get the ending, I think. I think anybody who followed this book over from Tom's run wants to see. So, and they'll get what they wanted. The opposite of what happened in 50. (laughs) (laughs) We still have people complaining in store. Whereas I went the other way, of course, you know, we spoke about it before. I stupidly have still adhered to trying to collect all the variant covers. Uh, You know, I I did, I, I did check into that 
when I got back and um, I think I was I said I was going to ask Tom or my art handle or handles Tom's books and he had already got rid of them so tell you I don't know if I ever followed him and told you that, but I did check. No, you'd mentioned it to me before. In fairness, that uh, that you had checked because you obviously very graciously said you would you would have a go. It's they're they're just some of them are proven tricky to get. Some of them were U.S. store exclusives, so it's mm. it's not even just the cost of shipping and, and this and that. Just just even trying to track them down is difficult. But I've I've already got far more than I should have at this point, so I can't really complain <laughs> yeah, too much. Absolutely. You have a problem, Alan. You have a problem is what you have. Very much so. <laughs> so, Clay, this was uh, Bat Cat was, of course, the twelve issues plus, uh, you know, the special. Um, we'll talk a wee bit mm-hmm. about that fantastic issue later. And that's that's a lot of play- pages, you know, plus covers. Um, mm-hmm. Is the last issue oversized into the bargain? No, it's. Um, I mean, yeah, it's still twenty two pages. Uh, the only thing a little different is the cover was, you know, front and back. Uh, so other than that. Lovely wraparound. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they posted it. It's just it's it's a wedding image of you know Selena in a white a white dress and you know behind them flanking them surrounding them is just different iterations of all the bat cats that have been in Tom's run. That was my idea for that cover. Is it sort of since Tom has gone back and through you know their histories so many times yeah. so i uh i think as, as i mentioned to you uh, just before we we came on myself and my partner have uh have bought a house and just south of belfast and the next time you come over to visit you're more than welcome we've got loads of spare rooms uh but uh one of our walls is adorned by with a, a lovely uh print uh that you signed whenever you were over uh in the in the store of uh i think it was the first meeting of batman and catwoman on the boat Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, pleased to say I've got a I've got a couple of pieces of your of your art in the walls and uh, and Bruna, who's not necessarily a comic book fan, loves them. Well, I mean, I'm a fantastic artist, so <laughs> I mean, what are we gonna do? So. I mean, I'm so surprised you talk with Rob Liefeld so much, then given that you're a fantastic artist and he's the opposite of that. Oh, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. Um, but yeah, no, if if we can ask, certainly with, with regards to Batcat, you know, the original plan, of course, was for you to draw 12 issues, but there was a, a break of three issues where Liam Sharp covered certainly admirably. I mean, why why the change? Are you able to say? It's a little it's a little bit of a lot of things. Uh, one, I'm I'm not the fastest artist. That's a little bit of it. And I and I do like to explain I'm not I am like if you're just looking at my output, I could be slow, but like I have a lot I have a lot of problems just actually drawing. Um, I erase a lot, I'm not confident. So I'm just not I can draw a face all day and not even get it right. But once I do, it's like if I can fire on all cylinders, I can move at a pretty good speed. But you know, I watch YouTube videos of like David Finch or Jim Lee and I just wanna, you know, slam my computer against the ground or something uh they do it with so much knowledge and ease i just don't have that so there's that you know just you know just life stuff that i needed to you know to take a step back and deal with and then and and around the same time you know during right before those three issues hit my contract ran up this is it has a little bit of do with it because i made the decision at the time because my contract ran out of DC and I tried to get a raise like anybody would. 
and I was met with just sort of a conversation I didn't need about my value and how little I added to the book. Just with that and everything else I named prior, I was just like, I don't, you know, if I don't have value and I'm not going to bust my hump to make these deadlines right now, um, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not interested in doing them. And I was fighting hard not to have a fill in, but you know, when, when you feel like you give something your all and your time and you sacrifice a lot of things personally, like friends and stuff. And I don't know if some people don't, you know, a lot of artists work seven days a week and many hours of the day. It's not an eight hour job unless you're the confident superior artist that I mentioned I was and I'm not. So I draw, you know, I could draw 15 hours a day easy. Or, or 15 or 20 sometimes on deadline. And I just wasn't going to do that when I was told I wasn't going to add value to a book. And so I was just like, eh, um, find someone else to do it. And I'll come back, you know. Uh, so that's kind of what happened. So I mean, I, I would certainly, and I think Alan will back me up on this, I know Alan will back me up on this, that I would certainly disagree with uh, the question as to whether or not you add value to a book, sir, because uh, whenever I heard that there was a felon coming in, I went, all right, take me off the book, uh, because that's that's the thing that's keeping me on the book. And then Alan, of course, said there might be a thing coming up, <laughs> which we'll discuss later, that maybe you might want to stay on the book. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we absolutely we absolutely have your back, man. I mean, you 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 might you might be talking about not being the greatest artist, but they whenever you Whenever something comes out, whenever it's Clayman art, it's a it's a dead cert for most of us. Like, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly back that up. Just as as a store owner, obviously, I'm a very, very, very small piece of the pie in terms of sales and and everything else. But when a fill in artist was coming along, and this is no discredit to Liam Sharp. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Liam Sharp. I I backed his Kickstarter. His um. His art book just came through the door there a few days ago for me. I was a big fan of Batman Reptilian, but I thought it was going to be such an abrupt art change from your style to his. You know, it was. It, it even goes back to when City of Bane was coming out. I had a real. And again, this is not a disparaging thing about John Romita Jr., because he's one of my absolute favorite artists of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, the recent Amazing Spider Man issue release was just such a great issue, but. Read it today. <laughs> I, I just felt his his art was very different you know yours and Mikel Yannins and Tony Daniels have a certain similarity in style I, I think it's maybe fair to say but John Romita Jr's was very different so when I heard that Liam Sharp was coming on to Backcat and we obviously communicate all that stuff to our customers and to our regulars I, I'm not even joking half the people I mean Backcat is our second biggest pull in the store after the main Batman title and half the people just said just drop me off it i don't want to be on it anymore so again it, it's not me trying to feed ego or anything like that i'm just trying to tell you what what happens certainly in our store and i i was able to keep them all on it because i said no no guys there's trust me there's plays coming back and there's something really cool happening in the book around issue <clears> 10 so so yeah as, as keith says we very much got your back on that uh so again i mean I mean, when I was, I, I mean, I'm, I, I believe you. It's, I mean, it's hard to believe people would look at my art like that. But like when I was in comics growing up, like, you know, Jim Lee, Joe Mad, if they were drawing issues, I bought them. If they weren't, I skipped them. 
It was that simple. I don't, you know, nothing against the other artists, but I bought books for artists. So if someone tells me that, I'll believe them. But, you know, when DC said that to me, I, I, was, I was frustrated and hurt, but I didn't just, and I didn't believe it. I because I just I just didn't believe it. So I did I did message some retailers in California and New York and a couple in Florida and you know I asked a, a couple people and uh, I asked them why people buy Batcat and I wasn't looking for you know my ears to be tickled and a lot of it had to do with Phantasm and which. Uh, she's in the book because of me. I mean, obviously she's in there because of Tom too, but like, I'm the one who rose my hand up and like, I, I fought phantasm to be in a book with Dan DeDito forever. Like she, so, you know, if you're going to buy the book because of phantasm, well, I added that value. Mm -hmm. And then I did get answers back about the, you know, the book and the art, you know, and some people said my covers so you know were moving better than the variants and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> and I took that back to DC, and I was like, you know, I don't believe you. And they went through numbers with me, and I thought it was unfair because they were comparing me to a main Batman title, and you as a retailer would know that's a stupid comparison. Like you can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't compare sales from an off Batman book to a regular Batman book. Um, so that didn't make any sense to me, and I, I was just frustrated. And that's just sort of how it ended. And, you know, I'm still out of contract, and I haven't had another conversation with them. But I'm I'm looking forward to it because there's just a part of me that hopes that just goes a different way next time. So. It's interesting that you say that. I mean, with regards to variant covers and so forth. I mean, obviously, Batcat has two lovely Jim variants Lee. every time. It has Jim Lee. It has Travis Charest. But again, I mean, I, I think part of it is maybe the OCD of comic collectors. You know, it's very much cover A, first print, unless they see a particularly gorgeous variant or whatever. But when I'm ordering Batcat, 90% of it is cover A's. You know, I have a couple of guys who are OCD and want to collect all the variants. I'll admit myself, I collect all the cover A's on all the Jim Lee variants as well. So there is that aspect, but it, it's that cover that sells the book. It's not the variant. I mean, variant covers to me very rarely sell a book. You know, I would always say cover A's would sell a book far quicker than a variant cover. Yeah, I, I think that was just one one example of someone just telling me that my art did sell the book. And I, I don't know. Uh I heard my, I didn't hear one bad, everything was the total opposite of DC told me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it was more like what, even, what, you know, what your reply was like, you know, you had people drop the book. Like that's sort of the comments I would get just my art. My art was valuable. Mm -hmm. So I felt better and, and it did just come down to like, I wouldn't talk to that person anymore at DC. I went higher and, you know, they told me, I do remember them telling me maybe I misunderstood them. And I was like, no, we're not playing that game. I know what I heard. I know what I was told. And uh, I was like, you know, if you just don't want to pay me, just tell me that. Like, I don't need my feelings hurt. And they were like, we don't want to pay you more. And I was like, you could have started with that. So 
And I, and I, like I said, I'm still out of contract, and we'll see what happens after Batcat. I'm, I have left it alone. I, I agreed to finish the the book off contract. I could have walked. So when I did, I do see on Twitter, you know, people. It's so funny. And I, I was a fan, so I know when my favorite artist was not, or just the artist I like, stopped drawing a book. It is, it is, it's not fun, and you have to wait even longer, and it's sort of, but never would I. If I had Twitter at the time, I never would have got on and told Joe Matarera that he, he, you know, all these like, almost as if I owe them this book. Mm. And I get it. You're a customer, you're buying it. But like, I wonder if fans realize I'm not even an employee. And if I'm off contract, I don't owe anybody anything. I don't get anything but a page rate. So it's just like, I don't know. It's, that's that's a little frustrating to me too, because like I would be drawing the book if if everything was going good for me. So the only reason I'm not drawing it is because obviously something's not going well with me. And just to be told like, I waited forever. You promised us you'd be on this. You know, life happens, guys. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not drawing a book, life is happening. Especially in the right. last couple of years. Yeah, it's like they don't know. They don't know what's going on, and it's just a little frustrating, I guess. And I don't really go on social media a lot, so, and I really don't. I, I just that's a funny thing to me because I just feel like the way comics are is I don't think people realize we're not even employees. I mean, I could, I could, I could have stopped drawing Bat Cat after I came back from Liam and jumped to Marvel any second I wanted to. If they're if they're not willing to put me under contract that's my option mm-hmm. so but anyway yeah i mean from 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 our point of view you know as as, as folks that have sort of gotten to know you a little bit and and so forth you know our first our first question and concern was hope everything's all right with clay you know hope, hope everything's everything's okay so it wasn't about it wasn't about uh you know owing anybody anything it was it was just you know uh concern concern yeah and i appreciate it and there was talks to i think tom did want to stop the book um but dc i don't know who at dc but i i did talk to my editor at the time and i believe they were happy with the numbers and just wanted it to stay consistent or something it wasn't even you know it wasn't even everyone's first choice so I could talk about it all day if I'm honest. I just, uh, I just, I don't think people realize that people's lives can be as complicated as theirs. And it's just, it, and I know it's cartoons and comics, but like there's, there's lives behind them. And it's just kind of crazy to, yeah, this is why I don't really, I, I'm very good at not getting my panties in a bunch about what I see on Twitter. But like, so my only thing I'm saying now is more like an education from people who don't really realize a bare minimum, we're not even employees. So you should be happy that you're getting any of it, to be honest. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I think that's, 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 that's also the, the curse of, of social media generally is, you know, people are very trigger happy with things they say and because they, they just just as you're saying clay they forget that there are 
there are real people behind you know the posts they're seeing and the tweets they're seeing and and, and all of that sort of stuff it's uh, I'm, I'm absolutely with you i'm absolutely with you yeah i've said several times i would have canceled my social media accounts if not for a bit <laughs> having a business because it's but it, it can be a, a tough a tough platform to negotiate in many ways but no i genuinely though you know thanks for sharing with us on that and yeah no um, problem. It's... i mean i do feel like i owe i owe it to i i do want people to know but they're gonna get the you know the vague versions of the story or my you know the quick cliff notes of it but like yeah i'm I, and you're a retailer too and a friend and i'm happy to tell you uh, i'll tell i just you know i'm not a chatty guy on social media i'm not gonna go the only thing i didn't want to happen is i was i i did not want tom to tweet you know kind of what every writer tweets when the artist is like it's taking him time to draw the best pages ever. I just mm. didn't want to hear that. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't want that smoke screen. That's, yeah, that that's not what was happening. So that's a it's a really interesting insight into the you know, the nuts and bolts of the whole thing as well, Clay. So thanks very much. I mean, and I'm sorry, really sorry that 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 situation happened for you. You know, I guess we're we're the counterpoint here to. So what because we uh, you know uh, we absolutely value what you do not just because we know you but because you know i mean there's a there's a reason that there's a couple of clay man prints hanging on my wall in my new house i mean there's a reason you guys invited me to your store so you know you're home and i really you know i, I believe you guys and I, i'm happy i have fans and i'm not trying to be a dick to the ones i have and a lot of it if I sound like I'm not caring about a fan, that's absolutely not true. I, I, it's a frustrating, it was a frustrating time. Like I said, it's just, you, you want to be told that you, you are valuable and you, especially when it's something you work so hard to do. Yeah, so it goes a long way, just, you know, just being valued. And I mean, you're, as you say, you're not looking to have your, your ears tickled, as you say, it's just nice to know that, you know, you're a, <laughs> We we talk about it all the time when we record our podcasts and we um and we talk in the store. I mean, it's amazing to me that and this might be slightly off topic, but it's amazing to me that comics are such a visual driven medium and yet it still seems to be a writer's medium in terms of exposure and you know, we, we reviewed a title recently on the podcast. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out. It's called Step by Bloody Step. And it's from Image Comics, so it's written by Simon Spurrier and art by Matthias Bergman, uh, Bergera, sorry. And it's a completely silent comic. You know, it's it's there's no lines of dialogue, there's no scene direction, and it's one of the single best things I've read in years. And I'm just surprised there's not more stuff like that. Like, it's hard for me to imagine that they would call Tom in and say we don't like your writing, but you can call an artist in and say. We're not sure you give this value. It's, is that fair? I mean, I, I hope on that book you mentioned the artist's name is above the writer's. They're side uh, by side, but when when we reviewed it, who's on the left side? That's that's the point. You know that the, the who is it? It's side side, side, side. side The only person who has stepped up in that plate is Brian K. Vaughan. So when it comes to saga, the first maybe eighteen issues of saga said Brian K. Vaughan left. Fiona Staples right. He basically came out and said the reason this book sells so well is not my writing, it's Fiona's art. So he then changed it 
and since issue 19, I think, and it's up in the 50s now, Fiona Staples' name comes first. But I'm just surprised there's not more of that. Well, if I get to do my book with my brother, he said, my name can go first. <laughs> Claire. And you know what, uh, Clay, I don't know if you're, you agree with me here, but Alan's sounding an awful lot like Rob Liefeld. He's starting to sound like him with regard to, you know, how Rob pushes the, you know, the artist side of things over the, you know, over the, over the writer. Yeah, I mean, everyone comes around and sees it. So. <laughs> well, if he's talking about that, I don't listen to his podcast, by the way. <laughs> Keith just fills me in. but You don't fight it. But yeah, I mean, I, there, there's so much truth to it because, you know, writers often sit in writers' rooms and bounce ideas off each other. And, you know, a, a writer can maybe put out three, four titles a month. But an artist, it's, as you say, it can be a very lonely job. You're on your own. It's... 15, 18, 20 hours at a time. It's all on you. You know, it's not like you can just, you know, get someone else to draw a page, so to speak, you know, without someone asking why. So it just, it is something in comics. You know, we're always, anytime we tweet anything, and again, Twitter is a cesspool, like, don't get me wrong, but anytime we tweet anything about recommendations of a title or anything, we try our best to credit the writer, the artist, the colorist, the letterer. You know, because it's it, it all adds to it. it. It all adds value. It's you, I always say that great art will save bad writing, but amazing writing will not save bad art. If a comic looks terrible, it could be yeah, it could be the greatest well, story in the world, but you're not going to read it because it's it's not nice to look at. But if it's if the story sucks, you'll still find value in the art. I would I would venture. I would I would agree with you, but as an artist, you know, it's just like I I mean I have had this conversation with a writer. And I just don't think some writers treated comics like I did. And I, I did buy them just for the art. And if I did read them, uh, you know, that was even a maybe. So I get, I think I'm 100% biased, but I do believe if you, and my brother said this the other day when we were talking about this kind of stuff, and it's like, you know, you could get, take his little girl, you know, like four years old. And she could draw a comic written by, you know, name the best writer in comics that you can think of. And no one will pick up that four-year-old comic art. But if the four-year-old wrote the book and the Jim Lee drew it, someone's going to buy it. I do, of course, writers have value, huge value. But I do, and I don't know how hard writing is, you know, to be honest, I'll be the first one to say I probably think it's easier than it is. Um, but I do, I will be the first one to say drawing comics can be super hard. And I do think people who make comics on on any other position could, you know, remember that a little bit more. I mean, I might, I might be wrong, but I, I think writing is more accessible, maybe. You know what I mean? I certainly, as a talentless hack, I, I know words and I have an imagination and I could probably take a punt at writing, but there's no way I could take a punt at art because there's a, you know, while both require talent, there's a, there's a, a skill level, I think, with, with, uh, with art that I just, you know, it just isn't accessible, that isn't accessible to me in my sphere, you know, I don't know what you think, Alan. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I can draw a stick man to save my life, but I like to think I could put a three-act story. Whether it's good is another is another yeah, thing, but yeah. I like to think I could follow the conventions of three-act structure and you know beats in a scene and stuff like that. But 
But yeah, I think we could probably have this conversation all day. So I'm going to focus on art with my next uh, with with the next sort of question in our line. But you know, we ha- we do have to ask about the Batcat special, which you know ultimately became a tribute piece to the late great John Paul Leon. You know, Keith and I were absolutely blown away by that issue. I, I think it was even our favorite title that week, and mm. there was such an outpouring of love and positivity towards John Paul Leon, not just as an artist but as a person. I mean, did you have any experiences with him at all? I never met him, and I'm a fan very, you know, late in the game. You know, I was a 90s kid, obviously, we've joked about it, but, like, <laughs> I would, I just really wasn't into artists who had sort of that realism, and this use of blacks is, like, something later in my career I started to look at, and stuff like that, so I was, you know, like I said, a fan much later, and, you know, I've always been, you know, when he passed, it's like, it, it is, it's gutting the same thing with Neil Adams just recently, because like, I do think about death more than the average person and how important comics really are. And, you know, and I wonder how hard he worked. I know he was working on that book till he died, mm. you know, and that's, that makes me sad. A lot That alone makes me sad. I hope he was happy doing it. And I, you know, that's the kind of stuff I think about, um, but I, you know, I did ask if I could do something in the book, and Seth and I did something, and I tried to do it more in his style. You and know, you guys, it, you guys succeeded. That was that was that was a great page, great great, uh, like a, almost like a poster page. It was great. Yeah, and it's also great. You know, it's great I can do something like that, and you know, it's nice that I got to do it with my brother because you know I'll be an old man one day, and I might, you know. I might be passing and I'll look back at that and I'll be happy I got to share a page with my brother. And so in a way it was selfish also to do the gig because, you know, I look forward to those kind of jobs I can do with Seth. So, and that was the first time he ever colored something. I inked it, he colored it and that was new for him. And, you know, it was, it was nice. It was, it was a nice thing we were able to uh, do and also, you know, be a part of, uh, something that had, you know, John Paul's name on it. So, yeah, I mean, we we spoke to uh, to Declan Shalvey about you know his experiences with uh, with John Paul, and uh, he was obviously very cut up with the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a seems like he was a very well respected sort of individual within the within the industry. Anyway, yeah, and then you mentioned, of course, Neil Adams passing the other day. I mean. I was fortunate enough a few years ago, I was at a London Film and Comic Con and got to meet Neil and, uh, you know, got him to sign some issues and he was on a Batman panel and you you think of someone like that just as a great artist, but when you then go into the story of his career and how he championed the artist and, you know, Siegel and Schuster getting them their, their, their sort of recognition for Superman and artists reclaiming pages that they, they, they could then sell down the line as a, as another income and you know you, you look at all the stuff he did and I mean that's that's just such a like so I was I was absolutely gutted when I heard that news I really really was he's uh he's arguably up there top five most important artists of all time I would venture yeah I mean that one hit me pretty hard and again I I liked his art later on when I more of an adult but I was you know I was looking at people who learned from him and then you know, it is nice to be able to go back and find like these artists and like just a treasure of art that comes with it. But 
Yeah, and I, I'm aware of the things he did for artists. And, you know, it, it wasn't even that long ago I would wa I watched him draw on a live stream and he just never stopped. And he he was just amazing. And it's, you know, it, it's it's just, yeah, it's just, it's sad. Yeah, very, very sad uh, it was. Swinging things sort of back around to, to Batcat uh, and your, your good self. Have you had a favorite issue or cover during your run? I mean, we know that you're notoriously hard in your own work, but there must be something that was satisfying to look at once it was finished, something that, that stood above the rest. I do like the cover where I drew your store in. I like the cover to 10, I think. There's not much I would erase on that yet. Yet? <laughs> Yeah, so when I look at things later, I'd be like, man, I wish I could erase that. <laughs> so, like, right now, I'm still okay with it. There's a couple I like, I guess. And there's, you know, there's definitely... It all sucks. I mean, to be honest. This, this... <laughs> really doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, one of my favorite things that you draw, and I, you go right back to DC Nation for this, when you did that little story about the wedding invitation for the Joker. I, I love how you draw the Joker. So when you drew him as an old man in the first couple of issues when Selena goes to see him in Florida no less. Uh I thought that was I thought that was some great work. You draw one of the creepiest jokers of, of anybody, I think. Yeah, he's so hard for me to draw. So, you know, it's nice that you know, I hear people like how I draw him. It's the um, eyes. It's the eyes that you do. That's good to know, but yeah, he's hard. You know, another reason Batcat was late sometimes. So, did you enjoy drawing Phantasm? Obviously, as you say, you fought a lot to get that character into the comics. You know, was that was that a pleasure to draw? Was that your your nineties kid coming out again? Yes, I did enjoy drawing her. I mean, anybody read the book? She wasn't in the book a lot, so I wish she was in it a little more. But yeah, I mean, that's an important character to me. It doesn't really make me think of the nineties. It makes me think of you know, my grandma bought me that movie. And I watched it all summer or Christmas. It was one of those because it was only two times I went there. And I watched it every day laying on, you know, her floor. So it is a very important character to me. So I enjoyed embellishing the costume, making it a little bit more like makes sense on page. And so that was all really, really nice. And um, obviously, you know, kind of her first comic appearance other than like these animated books i think so hopefully i did i did my job and it was it was a pleasure um drawing her so i thank dan didito for pushing that through and whoever else had to do it well i mean chatting back at i mean there's there's two issues in particular just for the next couple of questions i'd, I'd like to focus on issue 10 and issue 12 i mean Issue 10, of course, was the issue, you know, as, as you just said there, you drew our store into. I mean, how hard was it finding a scene that you'd actually be able to draw the store's logo into? I'm not going to I'm not gonna pretend I always remembered I needed to do it because <laughs> I told you I would. <laughs> but most of the time, I did think about it, and there just wasn't lots of... There's just not a lot of opportunities in that book. There's not a lot of locations, and if there was that doesn't really fit so i almost did it in an earlier book when there was a skating rink i was gonna draw it in the background small but um i thought that would 
kind of be a cop out. And even though when even when I did include your store, I wasn't happy. I I always wanted to do like a bigger shot, but that was the best it was gonna get because I had all the final scripts at that point, and I was like, oh my goodness, like I gotta get it in here. So. <laughs> See, you say you didn't remember, but I I hear so much remembrance here. <laughs> I know I thought about I thought about it a lot, and I'm and I. I didn't want it to be sort of like a silly, you know, I didn't want it to be like so like, you know, when you're watching TV or something and like the Sprite can is like facing the camera perfectly or like, yeah. I didn't want it to look like placement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Product but, placement. Yeah. But also I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> See, that was, first of all, that the pressure that you clearly put in this per man on. <laughs> I mean, I was a little nervous that it wouldn't get through. To be honest, I think if they knew it was a real company, I don't think they would have let it be printed. But um, no, maybe maybe they did. But and I was a little bummed because I used the podcast, you know, the your little graphic, and that got covered with text, but. It was very. It was very nice of you, Clay. It was. It was lovely. Did, uh, did 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 Tom King have a reaction to whenever you said you were going to draw it in, or did he did he did he not notice? Or I'm going to assume he didn't even notice it. I didn't hear anything from him, so I'm going to assume, you know, if he even saw it, he. I, I guess someone would have to ask him. He if you asked him, he'd probably be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, he, he probably knew it was in there when I shared it on Twitter and, and tagged it, you know, yourself and Tom and Tomei Tome as well. It was probably then that he noticed and went, oh, right, that's cool, sort of thing. I mean, yeah, you'd sent the art through to me in advance. You know, even when I saw it drawn, you'd sent me through the inks uh, and then you talked about having to pass it on to the colorist, to Mo Moray. Uh, and you were, you'd even went so far as to give him like exact color specifications and all sorts. But I mean, I, I wouldn't personally believe it until I saw it in print. You know, I, as you I say, wouldn't personally, I wouldn't personally believe it till you saw it in print either. And that's the reason I was showing you because <laughs> I have, you know, over my career thrown little, little things in maybe a friend's name or something or. And it always, and always a word balloon ends up covering it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I wanted you to know. Uh, I did it, and it's not my fault if it, does, if it gets covered. And it didn't, so. It didn't. You, you nailed it, nailed it. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't so much thinking about word balloons or, or anything like that. It's just as you sort of, you know, touched upon there. I just, I guess in my mind, I always thought there was a chance editorial would catch it and cover it up or remove it or you know, as you say, some sort of legal standpoint of, you know, why is this product placement in here, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, similar to what you said, I, but yeah, I have to admit, I was checking every issue as it came out. I was looking, I, I just assumed like, I, I can't tell you what a thrill it was to see it and the size that it was. I really can't. I know you said you wish it had been bigger or whatever. That was massive. You know, I, I expected it to be like a two page cityscape or something. And there was this tiny little detail in the corner on the sidewalk, you know, and, it was in there. It was something that we knew about, and that was it. But yeah, yeah I, I I genuinely can't tell you what a thrill it was when yeah, I saw it. It was huge, huge, brilliant, really, really. Yeah, it still still makes my day actually to to think about it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You're right. That's that's pretty uh bit pretty big. <laughs> wow, fantastically. Um, <laughs> yeah, good job, good job. 
I, mean, I did want it. I did want it to be the actual front of your store. I mm. guess that's another another complaint of mine. But I couldn't with the story I was given. I just couldn't make it happen. Uh, man, you, you did you did what you could with what you had, and and uh, I think I think Alan. By the way, you have a you have a lot of images of your store online when you Google it. You guys. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm not shy about trying to show the store off. That's the thing. I mean, again, it's it's the, the good side of social media, I suppose, and that it's free promotion for your store. And when you have those free tools, I think it's a shame not to utilize them and you know keep people up to date and create that community. So, yeah, I, I post photos up all the time. I'm 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 not shy. That's I think do you guys have. I feel like I saw some like real Getty images or something like really professional. Yeah, we we had a couple of newspaper um articles just, you know, Belfast getting going again after lockdown and you know how independent businesses got going again and how you kept the business going during lockdown. I mean, during lockdown was was nuts for us. Vicky and I would be on the the road maybe 10, 12 hours a day dropping people's comics to their houses and you know, oh, but, wow. but that was all about keeping the community spirit going because everyone was locked indoors. They couldn't meet anybody, they couldn't see anybody, so we would drive to their houses, knock the door, leave the comics on the doorstep, step back a few feet, uh, make sure everybody felt comfortable with the space and so forth. But you thought it would take four or five hours of driving, but because you, it was so good to see people and catch up yeah. with them and check in on them that five hours became ten. But, but yeah, that's why there was sort of, quote, professional photos in there as well, I suppose. But <clears throat> Well, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, it's but, a, it was definitely it was it was all about just keeping the store going. It really was. I mean, it was you you you'd fought so hard to get something going for a few years, and you're doing well, and you just think, how can I do it? There was a lot of businesses we know they just sort of maybe rolled over a little bit and just thought, well, you know, it's out of my hands. But we we were determined not to let that happen. So yeah. In fact, you uh, you used the, the the lockdown period to create an entire website for the store, <laughs> an online an online store, you know, and. Uh... Actually, Clay, we'll have to send you over. Uh, I've got a copy of it here. There was a like a four-page <laughs> spread or something in one of the local newspapers that was just all about coffee and heroes. I, I think your name was probably mentioned in it. Oh, I want a copy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see what we can do for you. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll at least, very least, get you get you a photocopy. <laughs> yeah, send me a picture. That's okay. I, I have his address. I send him stuff all the time. It's fine. I'm determined to get him to read Watchmen at some point. Even though I defaced I the book, I defaced it. You know, I I wrote in the inside uh, inside cover of it saying, right now you've no excuses. Get this read. <laughs> uh, I felt bad writing on the inside of the book, though it went against every instinct I have as a collector and reader. I will read it for you. I promise. Just like when you give in to Rob Liefeld, you know. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, I'm gonna win. I yep. win already. Okay. Because if if you're truly a fan of mine and you support me, and you're a comic book shop, so. I'm drawing a page for Rob, so you're gonna to have to buy a Rob Liefeld book. Well, at least, so I think I went. At think least I tell went. me what book it is, so I don't have to just keep buying all of his stuff until I find it. <laughs> no, I just I did one page in his he's uh, uh, re-releasing Profit Number One, and oh. a different artists are drawing every page. Oh, cool! Uh, couldn't say no. Couldn't say no. Damn you! Your mind <laughs> tricks have worked on me. <laughs> You don't have to buy it. Oh, I'll I will buy it. I will prove my worth as a true fan. Don't you worry. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> anyway, we need to get that. We need to get that copy of uh, of, of Batcat off to 
CGC pretty quickly just to get them to label it as the, the first appearance of Coffee and Heroes. Yeah, they're in my backyard. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there in like two months. Maybe I'll try to do it for you. <laughs> cool. I have, a, I have a box of those books. And I need to mail you that page, so I apologize. It's fine. I know, I know you're a busy guy. I'll just keep reminding you until you do. We have some very <laughs> eager folks looking forward to seeing it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's the thing. I mean, I reached out to you straight away because I wouldn't have cared what I had to pay for it because, you know, how often do you, does your store get drawn into a Batman comic? So uh, I, I have no doubt it will make it this side of the world at some point. Uh, um, it will. But yeah, I mean, on to issue 12. And yeah, we've, we've said it. It's the culmination of the run. I mean, that must feel good to hear. Have you now finished all your work for the issue pretty much pretty much yeah are you uh yeah i mean i know this is a silly question to ask you clay but are you happy with it um the art yeah no (laughs) and that'll be why you're not quite finished Uh, no there's just some there's just some of the art i do not like but you know you gotta move on it ends with a splash i kind of like i mean in a way i mean with with regard to splash pages uh, you know how many how many splash pages has Tom has Tom written in for the final issue? How many splash pages are there? Well, he took one out because he added more panels. That's always fun. Nine panels, um, no less, I'm sure. Seven, but that's <laughs> close enough for me. He he, there's a little bit of a change at the end. Uh, not, I mean, it's wedding related in a way. Some characters show up that weren't in the original script, so. May had to make room for them, and then um, I actually added a splash page that I did not tell Tom about. I scooted <laughs> some, I scooted some panels over, and I put a splash of Catwoman and Batman in there just because there's just not a lot of Batman and Catwoman in the issue. And I was like, you know, I think people who like art don't mind a splash of Batman and Catwoman, and and, and a book called Batcat. You know, in the last page, you know, it's my, I don't think it's a spoiler. I mean, it's the, you know, it's like the wedding kiss kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I was so. actually going to say that you, you actually semi spoiled the final issue for me because when we were chatting back and forth about maybe, you know, hooking up again for another chat, you said, well, it'd be good to chat before the wedding of the final issue. And I was like, wait, wait what? <laughs> the last issue is the wedding because the solicitation hadn't come out at this point. Oh man, better had better have been a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how much Tom loved angering so many fans before at issue fifty, so we have some guys in the store still won't let it go. <laughs> so you reckon uh, you reckon all those complainers about the, the non wedding issue of uh, issue fifty are gonna be satisfied with issue twelve? No. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, they get they get married, I promise. But it's a Tom King book, so who knows? I don't know. I'll tell you exactly what happens after the podcast. Okay, <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. So, but yes, joking aside, they get married. Anybody listening to it, they get married. <laughs> we promise. We promise. They do. I promise. I, I wouldn't draw it if they weren't getting married. Not after I told people they're getting married. Disaster. I'm not going to be a part of that. <laughs> so, switching media briefly. Uh, have you seen the Batman yet, Clay? Three times. And what were your thoughts? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, do you, uh, let's see. I, the first time I saw it was amazing because, and I barely remember the movie, but I was invited to the premiere in New York 
Wow. Sat a seat behind Jim Lee and my senses were overloaded. So I'll always remember that. But yeah, uh, did I like it? Yes. Is he my... I feel like you and I are going to disagree because I feel like you have a problem with uh, returns, which just I should just end this podcast. (laughs) I put returns at the very bottom of live-action Batman movies. Do you want this man to stay in the podcast, Alan? It can't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. The bottom? Yes. Are you counting them all? Yes. I put it below Batman 66. I put it below Batman and Robin. At least I knew what it was. At least it knew it was a toy commercial. Batman Returns, I mean, stylistically, visually, it is fantastic. But it's a story called Batman Returns, and Batman is in it once in the first 40 minutes. It's a Catwoman so movie. Hate- it's a Penguin movie. It's it's not a Batman so you movie. Hate, so you hate Batman Catwoman the comic? Not at all. Because Batman is on maybe one page every issue. <laughs> Any Batman movie that has Batman dropping a grenade down a clown's pants, smiling, punching him into the sewer so that he blows up, is not Batman to me. Well, you don't get to make those choices. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why don't we stay on topic? We'll we'll not mention previous Batman movies. We'll just stick to the Batman. Okay, so I, my hopes were so high for it. Almost everything I wanted it to be. It wasn't perfect to me. And by the way, any critique I give it, I'm not saying I'd make a better movie because I kind of can't stand some critics. But like, I personally, I hate big endings. So I just had a problem with the ending. I'm excited for the next one. And I'm just more excited about those movies now than any other Batman movies. I'm He's my Batman now. I, I kind of think of him. I said this somewhere else, but like, with Casino Royale, like Daniel Craig took over my Sean Connery and Pat, um, Robert Pattinson has taken over my um, Michael Keaton. And I loved how I looked and I loved, I, I, it's no secret. I'm not a fan of uh, slapsticky fun comic movies. So I was all for this. I just really, I was into it until the ending. I wish the movie would have ended in the cafe and maybe all the, you know, just a slightly different ending. I just don't like big endings. That's all. Fair, fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, we, I, I've seen it twice. So, you know, we went opening night and then we went to see it in the IMAX just to see what that experience was like. I mean, I worked so hard to avoid spoilers when we went to see it opening night. I walked into the cinema with headphones playing music and asked Vicky if she would get the snacks for us just in case someone was talking about it who had come out of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked so, I mean, mood wise, it was phenomenal. I mean, the I think the first 10 minutes are possibly the best 10 minutes of any Batman movie I've ever watched. Just the, the I mean, when the logo drops and the sound starts, yeah, that red logo, you just know it's not even what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, like for me anyway, I'm like, what? I mean, D- the the Warner Brothers DC movies they seem to like big logos at the mo- moment. They did the same thing with Joker. It was a huge logo that filled the screen. But just those first ten minutes, the idea of Batman as a thought, the 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 bat signal being a warning rather than a yes, just a call, you know. Sure. Um, 
uh, the main thing I loved about it is that it was called the Batman, and he was Batman for ninety percent of it. You know, it was it was detective mode. It was you know this is Bruce's mission, so the the Bruce Wayne stuff takes a back seat. There was a little bit of that, and I liked what he did with Bruce. I thought it was an interesting take where he's you know still not over the death of his parents really, and being Batman is his outlet. The look of the movie was great. The casting was great. The music was phenomenal. Um, we we've spoken about it in the store amongst you know all of our regulars and all of our friends there. And my my bottom line on it is that I still think The Dark Knight is a better movie, but mm-hmm. I think this is a more accurate comic book interpretation in live action of Batman. I mean, The Dark Knight. You take out Batman and the Joker, make that a cop and a criminal. It still works. It's it's heat with. Batman and the Joker in it but this felt like a Batman movie you know the grime of of Gotham the the clubs below the clubs where all the rich and elite hide away their dirty secrets the Colin Farrell was phenomenal the car was great the, uh, just I loved it so much the more I talk about it the more I, I really want to watch it again and I didn't even want to see it three times but the second time was with my brother and then third time with my friends and since covid and all that and i've been putting them off for years i'm like i gotta i gotta but I, every time i watched it i appreciated it more mm-hmm. and you know you mentioned like the batmobile like i hate i don't i don't hate cars but i don't care about them but the that shot they just stay on it why it like revs up yeah is like one of my favorites and like colin farrell like you said is just so so good uh he almost stole the whole thing for me mm-hmm um, recognizable not even that yeah but like just he was just good and i did i liked i liked every almost everything about the movie hey man i understand uh, i understood the need for a big ending because yeah you know it's, it's maybe a, a staple of these movies you kind of need it i mean i i thought that it worked simply because at least you got those great shots of Batman leading people out from the floods, you know, that cinematography mm-hmm. with a red flare and, you know, a kid holding on to Batman because he becomes a symbol of hope. I mean, I, I think they worked well around it, but I agree that, that that was definitely probably one of the studio remits of, now, Matt, we better have a big action-packed ending to this. We'll give you your three-hour movie, but we need 20 minutes of solid, you know, big-scale action, if it were, so... I, I could forgive it, but, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite part of the movie. You know, it's, it didn't compare to the first half, I think. Yeah, and I, I think it was, I mean, there was a lot of message in that last bit, so it'd be hard to take out because the whole movie ended with, you know, Batman Batman changing his, his thoughts because of that whole scene anyway. But, yeah, it was a little, that's like when I imagine the cafe scene, I'm like, I wish all the Riddlers could have just like popped up on the roofs and stuff and, you know, at the cafe to protect the Riddler mm-hmm. instead of the, later on. And, you know, there was something about the walls busting and the water coming in that f- actually made me feel like I was like it took me into the dark night. I felt like I switched movies in my head for a second and I got confused so there's almost no notice, no, no previous buildup about that wall, and like unless you're just paying attention visually, you didn't even notice that water was surrounding the city, and it just felt like a huge shift. That I just sort of yeah. became a disaster movie. Yeah, but also like the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight, but I hate the ending with the boat. I hate the boat. I hate that whole thing. 
I just don't know. I like I, I after I was complaining about the beginning to a friend or my brother, I don't know who, but like I think the only comic book movie I was okay with was uh, the first, yeah, Infinity War when Thor misses his head and he kill, and then Dana snaps his fingers or whatever. And everybody, I thought that was the end. I didn't even know there was a sequel. I was like, this is the best ending ever. <laughs> we walked out of that movie stunned. <laughs> I was just like, that's the ending? Quick, nice quick ending. And I loved it. And I don't know. I guess I'm just, it just reminds me of every other movie, I guess, is like, I kind of hate us like such a it just seems a uh, cookie cutter to me when you have a big ending like that and i didn't really that's it i'm i'm griping i love the movie I, <laughs> you you just visually, wish it, you wish it just had have ended with colin farrell's penguins sending a rake of penguins with rockets on their backs into the middle of gotham to you know destroy the city i mean yeah why not uh <laughs> at least the <laughs> it didn't have a big ending that's not a big ending. Not what I've counted as a big ending. It might also big ending might be. It might just also be. It felt political, and maybe that's not what I wanted, or I don't know. There was something about it. Mm. I don't know. But yes, I I liked it. I mean, if you if I'm gonna score it, I'm give it like, you know, four and a half out of five. Um, I'm. I, it makes me excited for the next one yeah. because I think like even with the ape movies, the Planet of the Ape movies, I knew I was going to like this guy's Batman. And those movies just got better and better. Oh, they did. They really did. And I think I think he had... I mean, look at the job this guy had to make Batman be new but also the same and to work again. And, you know, make. So I think the next one, when he doesn't have to worry about all that, is just going to be... It could be perfect. So, yeah, I for me, perfect I, for me. I recently picked up. I think you would really enjoy it, Clay. It was the the art of the Batman book, and there's tons mm-hmm. of concept art, and it breaks down, you know, the bat suit and how it was designed, and the gadgets, and breaks down the look of Gotham and influences. There's there's commentary from Matt Reeves through it as well, but very very good book. The 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 concept of it they absolutely nailed that aesthetic so i think it's definitely something with it that would interest you and and I, and I think it's no secret that so many people compared shots from the movie to some of your artwork from from Batcat. i mean mm. I, I know that that's one thing you use twitter for was to be like hmm that looks familiar doesn't it you know was it satisfying to see your you know work even if it was subconsciously you know homaged if you will on the big screen i mean i was making fun of it i want like I wanted to believe it, you know, tap my shoes, close my eyes and all that stuff. But, you know, and fans made me want to believe it because they'd see it and, you know, make comparisons. But, you know, uh, my name wasn't on the end of the movie, so I can't I don't have the ego to sit here and pretend that they did. And if they did, my name should have been on the end. So either I'm going to get mad or I have to pretend that they didn't. (laughs) Um, Fair, fair. It was nice to watch a movie where even little things, which I know is coincidence, like even the city, you know, Gotham, like the mix, like, you know, the trip where I went and visited your store, I went to Edinburgh and all that stuff. And like, I knew that that would be kind of my Gotham city. Mm-hmm. Like when I draw Gotham, it's a mix of that place and a lot of places I went. 
and you know and it's cool to see they kind of did the same thing in that batman movie and you know even though the actress who played selena um i never thought about her as selena but like there's just some scenes where i'm like looks like i could have drawn that and i don't mean the pose or anything like that like they ripped me off i'm just saying her face or angles it just it seemed like you know, it was fun watching something that I thought was just so visually pleasing that I would want to draw it. I guess I would say that more more like that. So, as a Batman fan yourself, Clay, as you obviously are, are there any any villains you'd like to see turn up in the sequel, or or, or any thoughts you you would you would you would like to see turn up in the sequel? I hope that scene we saw with the Joker is it. I do not want to see the Joker as a bad... I don't care if he's in the movie for a scene or two, like that clip, but I'm done with the Joker. I want to see... I want to see, like, maybe Quarter Vowels, Clayface, Ice, uh, Mr. Freeze. Just, I want to see something new. That's that's it. I'd, I'd even say Two-Face, but I don't want... I think, you know, I think of the cartoon when I think of bad guys. And there was just an amazing episode with Two-Face and amazing episode with Clayface where he split off, turned a little girl. And obviously the Court of Owls is really cool. Just something new. There's a lot of, a lot of retreading of old ground in different ways. I'd even be fine with the Penguin, to be honest, if, you know, since he's already established, if they could make it you know, a, a real enough threat for the Batman, but he just seemed more like a, you know, a really great, you know, I'm not sure if I'd, I don't know. I, I don't know. Who, what do you guys think? Penguins, Penguins getting a show, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. going to be a Penguin show on HBO Max. I think they folded in their GCPD show to it as well. I mean, I'm really, really excited and happy you said the Court of Owls. That's, that's where I think the natural fit is next. You know, I, I actually thought they were going to go into it in this movie on my first viewing. I thought that when the DA had the bomb around his neck and Batman's trying to say, like, who, you know, who's the stool pigeon? And he said, oh, this mm -hmm. goes so much deeper than you could ever know. I was sitting mm -hmm. in my seat going, Court of Owls, Court of Owls, and, you know, it didn't obviously happen. But Joker, yeah, third movie at the earliest. I mean, I, I'm wholeheartedly on board with that. He's there. He's established. Leave him in Arkham maybe have Batman visit him for a quick two-minute scene or something just to keep the fans happy. But, you know, we, we've seen some pretty definitive takes on the Joker, you know, going right back to Batman 89 with Nicholson and then, of course, Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix and so forth. So I, I don't think we need to see that again. But Clayface would be an interesting one if there was a, a way to, to work him in, I think. Um, but, yeah, Court of Owls is, is the big one for me. Two-Face is interesting because, obviously, the DA's been killed and you know there's a there's an opening for a da so there's an easy fit there but i also hope you know and i also hope we don't see catwoman in the second movie you know she she obviously left and went a different way from bruce at the end and you know she off to bloodhaven no less give us our nightwing movie uh, <laughs> with, with her in it but yeah as you say just something fresh and new and different yeah I'm, I'm a little torn on the on the the selena part i don't I say this completely selfishly since I did a Batwoman, Catwoman comic, but I want my name on the credits one time. So <laughs> the only time I'm going to get that is if they go into that relationship at all. Or if Phantasm Maybe. comes in, you never know. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't even say Phantasm because I don't even think that would be on the top of my list too because I think it could be well done. But yeah, I mean, I do, I do think Selena was in that movie a lot. So I don't know if I'd want that much of her again because I enjoyed Batman so much. I just want to see him being Batman. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I'll I'll have Vicky back me up on this, by the way, as well. The first time we saw it, I made her sit through the credits and she was like, oh, there's no after credits scene while we sit here. I was like, I want to see if Clay's name's in the credits. <laughs> and it wasn't. And it wasn't. I was very disappointed. No more, no, no more than I was. <laughs> you were thinking I'm at this premiere. You know, my name's bound to be here. No, but I was genuinely. Well, I, even I, mean, had, I even had artists, other artists, like DM me and go, "I can't believe your name's not in the credits." I, I won't say other. I, there was one artist, high profile, who said that to me, and I'm like, I wanted to believe it. I really yeah. did. Uh, but you know, I, I'm also, you know. Not the first one to draw some silhouettes and, you know, a sh- short-haired Selena standing around being romantic with Batman, so whatever. Well, uh, we'll we'll move away from the Batman stuff. We'll start sort of winding down. You've obviously been generous as always with your time, but just a few wee bits just to sort of finish up with. I mean, given that we're hopefully coming out the other side of this pandemic and more and more people are getting vaccinated and conventions are getting going again, are you are you planning any appearances at any upcoming cons? Um, I've said yes to a few. I'm just waiting until I want I want to. But like Florida's numbers are higher than they've ever been, I believe, right now, which is a little weird to me. And you know, what I don't know if you guys have the at home test for COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have that now, so I think it's a little no one's reporting the numbers, but yeah, I don't know. I just it makes me I just wonder if I have a responsibility that I don't want to, I don't want people going to a con cause my name's on it. And I, I just, I battle with that. Um, so I don't know. I do. I'm hoping, you know, I, I, I plan to go to New York, but that's October. So that's a way away. And hopefully things do go down again. Um, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to a con for sure. Uh, you know, and I want to, I want to, you know, I haven't signed a bat cat at a con. That's, wow. That's, mad. No. that's a really mad thought. Yeah, so that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm supposed to go. Yeah. So I'm, I want to, but you know, I've backed out of cons before COVID came just cause I was afraid to get on a plane like last minute. So I hope I can go, but I don't know how I'm going to feel when it gets right up to the moment. So. Yeah understandable and you know the the hardcover collection i uh, would imagine it's not going to be too far away for batcat but you know do you have any other projects in the pipeline clay i think i think i mentioned earlier like i'm out of contract i have i'm talking to you know not a lot but i'm talking some several options and i am i'm doing a pitch with my brother that we're going to present to DC. Once things kind of die down from Batcat, I'm going to pitch it. And hopefully, I mean, that would be my first choice is they say yes to that. I might stay there if they have something, a better idea for me that I want to do, or if, you know, might be time I have to 
jump ship or do my own thing i don't really know it's i honestly have no clue which is a little scary but yeah i mean times of transition can be can be scary but you know i suppose a bit exciting too yeah um i'm it is exciting but you know i've been excited before then then told you're valueless so we'll see how it happens (laughs) you know just just to bring it back to that just quickly I still find that really weird, but yet you have a poster portfolio book put out of your best work at DC. You know what I mean? If they if they didn't think your name had value or your art style had value, why would they invest in a poster portfolio, which has only been afforded to... Jim Lee has two of them. Uh, Joel Jones has one. There's yourself. Greg Capullo has one. Um, there's not a lot of them, and yet yours is one yeah, of them. I was, I was shocked when they came out with that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I do believe prior of it was just a plan to try to defeat me on asking for a raise. I do, I do honestly believe that because that's their job is someone's job. There is not to give out money. Yeah. I mean, so, and I just don't know if they did it the right way, but you know, the damage was done. It hurt my feelings and, and it's not even like they said it and didn't try to back it up i was i had statistics put into my you know into my ear in comparisons back to tom king's run before he left it and it was like so they had their homework ready to to instill that idea into my head and that i just found a little bit too much Mm. sounds like corporate bs to me I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I appreciated the last phone call I had with DC. I was like, tell me you don't want to pay me more. And they're like, we don't want to pay you more. And I was like, thank you. And that I can handle. Like I said, I'm, I'm a, I can be a sensitive guy, and I can't turn off my head when I draw. So if I'm in a bad place, you're just not going to get productivity out of me. So. Mm-hmm. As I say, you have tons of fans this side of the world, so you know, I just have to say, when can we expect you back in the store? I mean, I open invitation there at all times. We're going to see a fifth anniversary, sixth anniversary. You know, we we have to show you the new premises as well, and you know, your poster pride of place is uh, framed and on our wall from our first ever first ever signing. No, it's my favorite signing I've ever done, and I'm not even kidding about that. That I mean, oh, well, let me not lie to you either that I can remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the fact that it's uh, memorable alone is a is a positive here. No, super memorable, and I loved the city, and I had a great time, and uh, very memorable. And I I want to come back. I don't want to wear a mask, and I don't want to worry about that stuff. So yeah. it might it might be you know seven, eight, or you know nine <laughs> year anniversary. We'll see. We'll have you yeah. penciled in whenever suits. Absolutely, absolutely. In, in your own, in your own sweet time, in your own sweet time. If you spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, well, I know you do actually. You, you listen to Rob's revisions and, and and obviously our own podcast. Well, that's okay because we're going to have a very new podcast coming up soon. You know, featuring the three of us, which is the uh, Watchmen versus the Works of Rob Liefeld podcast. So that can be as long as you want it to be. Watchmen is a lot. So a very wordy book. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I think we should just have a podcast where we watch every Batman movie and talk about it just so we can get into a proper discourse about Batman Returns. Like Mystery Science 3000. I just, to just, I mean, I just, I should have ended the podcast when you said it is the bottom because it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's a ridiculous 
comments. Okay, you, you you just talked about how great the Batman was with its realism and everything. You're yes. talking about a movie where a woman falls out of a <laughs> 50, you know, from 50 floors up and dies. But because some mm-hmm. cats nibble on her fingers, she's brought back to life. This is ridiculous. That's not the kind of ridiculous. That's not the real life. When I say I want real life, that's that perfectly is acceptable. Did what I, I don't want, what I don't want are uh, silly little jokes. And yeah, I don't need Jar Jar Binks comedy relief, but I'm fine with cats nibbling on fingers and bringing people back to life. That's nice to know <laughs> that line. That's nice to know that line. Well, I mean, I'm not arguing Superman flies either. So <laughs> I'm willing to accept a lot. I also, I like comedy within real world, but there's just some Marvel movies or comic book movies that just feel like pure comedy and they're just not my favorite is all. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I can see that. See, I have this theory now that, you know, Marvel movies, I still enjoy them, but I, I think they're now less about the movie I'm more about the what surprise character can we drop in here now? I mean, at the, after Spider-Man came out, and I mean, just the hype I see for Doctor Strange is that's all anybody cares about. Yeah, they don't care about the plot of the movie or the machinations of the movie or the events. It's I wonder who they're going to surprise us with here. And that I I remember I, I tell people this in store all the time. I remember an interview with James Mangold who directed Logan which I mm-hmm. think is a phenomenal movie. And he was asked about after credit scenes and he said, I hate them. And he was Me asked, he, he was pressed on it, you know, why? And he said, here's what it is with movie making. You can make the most phenomenal movie of all time. But if you have an after credit sequence that, you know, disappoints some fans, that's all they talk about. If you make a terrible movie, but you have a really great after credit scene, people treat it as if it's a masterpiece. It's like, like it's like what came before it didn't matter. And that's why mm-hmm. with Logan, it was straight movie, credits, we're done. Yeah, I just don't. If you have a fantastic ending to your movie, I don't need to see anymore. I, I don't. I just don't like them because also, I guess my biggest pet peeve, if they're there, tell people. I hate that everyone sits around and either Googles it or asks, asks the person next to them if there's an after credit scene. Though I must, I must bring up uh, something that, that I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I'm and I'm sure you must have got a kick out of Clay. Was that was that Rob Rob Liefeld, the man we've, we, we, who we mentioned more than more than once in this podcast, mentioned you on his Rob's Revelations podcast. Yes, I heard that since I am a fan and listened to the episodes. It was a nice. It was nice. I mean, I wouldn't be drawing comics if there wasn't a few of those guys around. So, um. Have you, yeah, it's have a special you... moment for me. And if anybody here wants to ruin it, they should think think twice. <laughs> well, that's, that's I would never I ruin it. Never ruin it. I got a real, I got a real kick out of it. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I listen to I listen to it sort of near every episode whenever it, it comes out, and uh, I do enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy his his knowledge and his chat, but I just got a real kick, you know, of being able to hear Rob Liefeld talk about talk about. <laughs> our friend Clay, you know what I mean. It was, it was like you had sent in an email, you know, talking about how you know listen to the podcast sort of, sort of is real nice whenever you're you're drawn and whatnot. And I just, uh, it was, it was really cool. It was really nice. I, I get a kick out of it as well. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll make another review, and my name will be Alan, and I'll just <laughs> say that I'm gonna say the sweetest things, and it's gonna go 
you know, I think this is an amazing idea. I don't like where <laughs> this is going. I, I really don't. I'm slightly concerned here. But uh, yeah, we'll finish off by saying finally, here is your, your final reminder. Get that page of Backcat in the post to us. We have many regulars eagerly waiting on it. I don't care so much about them. I just want to hold it in my hands. Well, I thought about framing it, but if you want it quicker, I'm not going to say No, no, not at all. We, we, we'll certainly get it framed ourselves. That's very, very sweet of you to, to say. But uh, All right. Well, no, then no. I probably can get it out. Uh, I owe my art dealer a package, so I will mail them out at the same time. Well, look so ne- next week, latest. I will hold you to that. I have you on record now. On record, no less. <laughs> you can hold it. me to it. Feel free. Bug me. I don't care. I'll do the, it. The man has a history of delivering for you, Alan. That he very much does. I really can't uh, argue that in, in any plausible way. So, uh, yeah. But no, it is genuinely a pleasure to catch up with you, man. It's, uh, it's easy to while away a couple of hours chatting comics and... You know, thank you for your honesty with some of the stories as well and, and so forth. So it's uh yeah, it's been great catching up. Thanks for having me. So I've been Alan Taylor and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes One and I'm a Scannison Zero Zero. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland, based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.